Today's episode is a special one. I have the amazing Jason Fellows here with me. Jason is a Cambo facilitator. And I actually had the honor of working with him back in the fall. And I did a three-day Cambo detox with Jason. And if you're unfamiliar with Cambo, it may sound a little crazy, but it was really, really powerful. So Cambo is a healing modality or healing medicine, so to speak, that is from the venom of a giant monkey frog. And I'll let Jason explain more about all of that and how it works and everything. But I want to share my experience with Cambo and what really shifted for me and and how it was. I was very nervous going through it or going into it. But I had this intention of I just really wanted a full detox energetically, physically and and all and all of that really and I heard so many amazing things about Cambo. I heard that it's basically like a reset like it's been this healing uh, modality for a long time that has helped people in so many ways it's helped people heal from illnesses from addictions from anxiety and so much more and so I'm a very curious person and I'm always growing growing and expanding. And I felt like really called to experience Cambo and experience this powerful medicine. And so I decided to do a three-day detox with Jason. I'd never really done any type of other detox before, surprisingly actually. And so it's funny that I went into like the ultimate detox, um, which is basically what Cambo is. And I... I have to say, it was a really profound experience. I went into it pretty nervous, but Jason is such an amazing facilitator and was able to help me feel at ease and confident going into it. And throughout the whole experience, I felt like he held amazing space. And I actually ended up learning so much about myself after and during this experience. And it really opened me up energetically to like a lot more because it was after this experience with Cambo last fall that so much started opening up for me. I went for my three-day detox. And not long after that, I went to LA to enhance my skills for the work that I'm doing in the world through NLP and hypnosis. And it just was like this spiral of amazing things opening up for me, up level in my life and my business, like really just destroying old patterns and paradigms in my mindset and all kinds of things. So during my experience, I actually was surprised at the lesson that I got through this. The biggest takeaway for me was really being able to move through the discomfort. And from being able to move through the the discomfort of the actual experience and being so fully present in my body, because you have to be, you have no choice. I developed a deeper, deeper level of trust in myself and trust in my ability to surrender. And uh, it was just really powerful, to be honest with you. And I feel like it translated to a lot of different areas of my life, like just trusting myself more and uh, knowing that like everything's going to be okay. Like you got this, you can get through this. It's all fine. It's actually not that serious. This is uncomfortable, but it's not like, you know, unmanageable. It's not like, you know, the end of the world. And it really just, I feel like built a lot of emotional uh, strength within me. And it was really powerful. And after my experience, I felt like my energy was so much more clear. I felt like I, you know, let go of a lot of past um, things uh, that were, you know, keeping me stuck or holding me back. And it was, it was just like, I felt lighter. I felt lighter, more energized and clearer like just i can't i can't even explain it i just felt cl- like more clear so 
I'm going to let Jason share his story, share more about what Cambo is, how it works, the benefits, how he got into it, all the things. It's really fascinating. You're going to get so much out of today's episode. And if you ever feel called to have an experience with Cambo, then Jason is definitely your guy. He is so super experienced. He's an amazing facilitator very well trained and he does Cambo groups in Colorado and Texas and is actually opening up a a retreat center in Colorado, which is super exciting. I'm super excited for him. So I will leave his links in the show notes for you. So make sure you go check them out and connect with him after today's episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Jason onto the show. Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Hello, Jason. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so freaking excited to chat with you and to share this episode with everyone. I'm excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. Yes. So for those of you listening, I so Jason is like a Cambo expert. I'll let him explain what that is. But for those of you listening, I and you may have you may have heard me talk about this. I had an experience with Cambo back in the fall with Jason and it was one of the most transformative things I've ever done in my life. And so we're going to talk about that and a lot more in today's episode. So for so Jason, first question obviously what is Cambo? Because a lot of people who are listening may have never heard of it. Some people may have heard of it, but are kind of, you know, not super familiar with it. Yeah, for sure. So Cambo goes by a few names. Cambo is, is the uh, the most common, known by most people. It also goes by Sapo. Um, and another word called Daoki, which you hear down in the jungles, but not so much up here. But a cambo is the secretion of the giant waxy tree frog found in the Amazon, <clears throat> Brazil, Peru. Um, it's also known as a giant monkey tree frog because it doesn't actually hop. It climbs like mm. a very slow moving. Um, the scientific name is Phalomedusa bicolor. And cambo is the secretion that comes from this frog. It's not a psychedelic. That's a different frog altogether. But uh, it does have a lot of psychological value as far as how it helps people's issues like PTSD, depression, anxiety. Um, It helps with a lot of physical elements, autoimmune issues, things like that. And, um, you know, it's... It's a, when you look at the chemical makeup, the secretion in Campbell, it, it looks like it was almost specifically designed for medicinal purposes for the mm. human body. It's comprised of essentially nine bioactive peptides. <clears throat> some are neuropeptides, you know, that help with some of the psychological issues. Um, but all these peptides have a specific function in the body. Some help with autoimmune issues. Some help lower blood pressure. It has a vasodilation effect in it. Uh, some have been shown to help with fighting cancer cells. Wow. Some, some of these peptides uh, bind to the opioid receptors. It's not an opiate, but some of these peptides do bind to the opioid receptors. It can be up to 30 to 40 times stronger than morphine. Wow. When I say that, it's not, it's not like morphine where it comes with an addictive high from it there's no high but you just get the relief of pain so you can function normally without kind of being drugged down by an opiate 
and then the list just goes goes on and on. Wow. So how long has Cambo been used, do you know, uh, for like medicinal purposes? And how did they even, do you know like the story, like how did they even find out that this fro- this frog poison, so to speak, is like so healing? Yeah. So there's, we don't know exactly how long. Could be for hundreds of years, could be for thousands of years. Mm. You know, and um, there's there's several different tribes down the Amazon that use it. The most known tribe is the Massey's tribe. But the legend from where Campbell actually came from comes from a tribe. I believe it's the Coxinawa tribe. And the legend is around this uh, shaman named Campum. Uh, What's his mm. name? And I may be butchering the story a little bit because I've, I've heard it told through <laughs> Um, but the story goes is that his village got really sick, some type of disease that they caught. And um, he went into ayahuasca. He was an ayahuasca shaman, as far as I remember. And he went to the ayahuasca round to try to find a cure for his, uh, for his people. And uh, the spirits led him to a frog, which is the Campbell frog or the softball frog. And they told him exactly how to use it. And he went out and he found the frog. And um, they told him how to use it, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit here. And uh, he cured his village using the secretion of this frog. And then um, the legend goes, you know, he died in the spirit of Campbell just to keep the medicine going forth. Wow. That's so fascinating. And, yeah, and what, how did you find out about Cambo? Like what got you into it and like so passionate about serving the medicine and all that stuff? And also for those of you listening, Cambo is actually legal um, to do in the States, by the way. Obviously you want to be with a, someone who is a practitioner and knows what the hell they're doing. But so yeah, how did you get into it and, and the story behind that? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, It was a long journey to get there. You know, my background before Campbell is not one that a lot of people would expect, but I served six years in the military. Mm. And then, uh, after the, the military, I went into the oil industry. And I worked all over the world. I worked up uh, 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle on the north slope of Alaska. I worked in Azerbaijan. I worked in Australia, and I was just kind of glued to this oil industry. Um, but the thing about it, for from the age of probably 24 to, to 34, I started to develop some, some psychological problems, and I was, I was a pretty big mess. Started suffering from bouts of depression. I uh, would have chronic anxiety. I would have panic attacks that would come out of nowhere. You know, I started having chronic nightmares. I wasn't sleeping well at night. I was happy if I got five hours of sleep a night. You know, usually it ranged from about three to four. Um, and I was just a mess. I couldn't, I couldn't be in a relationship. Or I, well, I could be in a relationship. I just couldn't make them work. Mm. Um. I got to the point where I couldn't really be around my family. I didn't want to be around my family anymore. Um, it was just really hard to build friendships and relationships, and I just started to isolate myself. <clears throat> and I kept telling myself, well, if I go to this country, you know, maybe, maybe I can escape whatever's plaguing me and find something that I can be content with. Mm. You know, and I never was able to run away from my problems and I never was able to find peace wherever I went, you know? And, uh, yeah, I was just kind of in a bad way and I was probably on the verge of suicide in the near future. Wow. Um, but so I was living in Mexico at the time and I came back to the States. Um, and I was having dinner with my, my brother and his wife and uh, they're asking me about Mexico. And I was telling them when my brother said, uh, 
do they have ayahuasca down there where you're at? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be this, you know, powerful psychedelic and supposed to take you into the depths of your mind. And, you know, you do get pretty violently sick. You know, this is how he was explaining it to me. Mm. So, so, but, you know, you may, you may find yourself. You know, and um, at the time, it, it seemed completely unappealing to me. <laughs> you know, my, my head was a pretty scary place. And, uh, and the thought of, of diving deep into the psyche was just not some place I wanted to go. I mean, I was so distraught psychologically that I couldn't, I couldn't even meditate. Mm. I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. Wow. And um, so I just kind of marked it off as a conversation, you know, we went about dinner. So I'm flying back to Mexico that next, uh, that next week. And I was living in Cosmel, just kind of being a dive bomb. And uh, I got to, so to get to Cosmel, the cheap way is to fly into Cancun, take a bus from Cancun to Playa del Carmen and take the ferry over to Cosmel. So I got, wow. got the midnight flight to Cancun. And uh, I'm standing out there by the bus station waiting for the bus, and it's just me and one other guy, this guy from Canada. And we spark up a conversation, you know, as you do. And the only two people on this bus, the bus driver came, and they actually put our seats right next to one another. Even though we could have sat anywhere because we were already talking, we went ahead and decided to uh, carry on the conversation on the bus. And somewhere on that 45-minute trip from Cancun to Playa del Carmen, this guy brings up ayahuasca. I don't remember <laughs> how or why exactly, but I remember we started talking about it. I was like, man, my brother was just telling me about this. That's so crazy. Did you bring that up? And, uh, you know, he's kind of telling me about things that it can help with and whatnot. It's like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. So I kind of marked that one off as coincidence, you know, and uh, didn't think a lot about it. Got to Cosmel uh, the next day. Two days later, I go to the dive shop, you know, and go hang out and see my friends and everything. And my friend Sean is sitting there having breakfast. I'm like, hey, Sean, what are you up to? He's like, oh, not much. Getting ready to go east, Mexico. I said, oh, yeah? So what's happening over there? He goes, oh, my friend told me about this ayahuasca shaman. <laughs> And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. Like, All right, I'm going to look into this. So I look into it, and uh, I think, um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe this can help, you know, with what I'm going through. And I'll back up a little bit. Um, you know, when I was discussing what was plaguing me so bad psychologically, is one of the problems was I refused to talk to anybody. I didn't seek any type of medical help or therapy or anything like that. I finally talked to a family member, a psychologist, you know, and I told her, like, I was like, hey, I think I'm losing my mind. I think I'm going crazy. And basically what she said, and after we discussed everything, she's like, well, the good news is you're not losing your mind. However, you are showing, like, symptoms of, you know, post-traumatic stress. Mm. It's like 11 or 12 boxes you got to tick off. And she's like, you're not full-blown, but you tick off about eight of the boxes, you know. So that was, um, and basically she was like, you know, this is the road to conventional therapy. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. It's a long road, you know, possibly years. There's medication options, and uh, that's what you're looking at. Basically, I was like, well, I'm not doing any of this, <laughs> you know, because I'm stubborn, and I thought there had to be something else. Mm -hmm. So when I started to learn about ayahuasca, I started to read about how it relates to some of the symptoms I have, and that's why I started to get excited. It was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is different. So a few months later, fly down to Peru, down the Amazon, to Calpa, and I sit through four ayahuasca ceremonies. In a row? They were, they were a day apart. Wow. And um, for me, 
you know, I know a lot of people have really blissful love and light type ceremonies, but that, that wasn't really the case for me. Everyone mm. was challenging and at times felt overwhelming. Mm. And it was in pretty dark places. However, you know, I could tell just by the way that I felt the next day after each one, I was like, okay, I think we're on to something here. You know, mm. I didn't feel, I, you know, I never expected ayahuasca to take all of this stuff away from me, you know, and just make me instantly better. What ayahuasca did was uh, it kind of gave me an insight of what I was going through. A lot of times the problems we have with these psychological issues are a problem because we don't know where they stem from. Mm, True. We're anxious and we don't know why. We feel like that's just the way we are. Mm. I must be sick, you know. So, you know, I, uh, so I went through all that, noticed a big shift in the way I kind of looked at the world and whatnot, you know, and, into this, the holistic side of things. It basically took every, you know, I was raised very right-wing conservative this way I was raised. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was pretty solid in, in the things that I believed. And then ayahuasca basically took me, flipped me upside down. And wow. And we start to question everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, even though when I left, I was still having the symptoms that I had, but now it was more of a nuisance rather than a sentence, you know, mm. because I could, I, I knew what it was coming from. So a couple months later, I ended up moving to the, uh, the west coast of Canada, to a place called Squamish. Um, it's right in between Vancouver and Whistler, beautiful, beautiful part of the country. And, uh, you know, I just went to the mountains to kind of chill out for a while. And uh, there's this place called The Chief. It's like a, like a cliff face. You can hike there. And I go and hike every day. And as soon as my feet left the, uh, you know, the paved trail and got onto the dirt path under the canopy of the trees, it's almost like ayahuasca starts speaking to me. Like, wow. Yeah. She's like, you're not done yet. You're not done. Every day, you're not done yet. So uh, I was like, all right, listen. So a couple months later, I go back down to Peru. Wow. Yeah, and then I sit through some more uh, ayahuasca sessions. And, um, you know, I came back again. I'm still not really getting relief more than I'm just getting an understanding. Mm. Back to Canada. And uh, same thing. My feet got on the dirt path and the canopy of the trees. I just hear you're not done. <laughs> you're still not done. And I was like, well, I can't afford to keep going to Peru. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to work something out. So that was back, that was probably about um, five ish, six ish years ago. And at the time in Canada, Abogain or Iboga, you know, Iboga. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It was still legal. Like, mm. there yet. And in Squamish, there is actually an Iboga center, you know, like a shamanic center. Mm. So I called the guy that ran it. And, uh, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I feel like I need some more psychedelic work. Um, I can't really afford to go to Peru right now, but I thought I would check you guys. I've been reading a little bit about Iboga and Abogain. Um, you know, disclaimer, I've been going through ayahuasca and ayahuasca has been very challenging for me, you know, and I've read about how long the iboga. Yeah, iboga is like really serious. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't know how prepared I am for that, but I am interested. And he's like, yeah, well, and explain to me about it. He goes, you know, if you're nervous about it, there's something we also offer that can kind of help calm your anxiety. And that's something called cambo. Hmm. Campbell said, I've not heard of this. You know, tell me about it. And he told me a little bit about it. I was like, okay, I want to try that. So we scheduled an appointment. And then, uh, you know, I was getting ready to go and everything. 
And then he gives me a call. He's like, hey, Jay, I'm not really feeling well today. We're going to have to schedule this for another time. Well, two days later, I was supposed to fly back to Azerbaijan where I was working for five weeks. Mm. I had to catch him and I get back. So I go to work, come back five weeks later, and basically uh, go to schedule the session again. And he's like, yeah, we'll do it this day. Day of, gets a phone call. It's like, hey, something came up. Oh, my God. Let's do it next Friday. <laughs> next Friday comes around. Not heard from him. His wife gives me a call. He's like, hey, you know, something came up. We're not going to be able to do the Cambo today. His name was, I think his name was Jeremy. Jeremy says we can't do the Cambo today. You know, maybe another day. And then he got to where he just wasn't answering my phone calls or my emails. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, back to the jungle. So <laughs> went back to Peru, found a, found a place that offers Cambo. It's about 200 kilometers southwest of Iquitos. Make that a drive, and then it was a pretty good hike back into the jungle. Wow. And... Uh, I spent some time down there, and that's where I discovered Cambo. And then when I discovered Cambo, that's when I started to get the relief. Wow. Yeah. That's almost, for me, it was almost overnight. Really? Overnight, yeah. The, the nightmares had stopped. The, um, the anxiety had stopped. I, I no longer felt like this This just depressed feeling in my stomach all the time. Mm. Um, I started sleeping, you know, and uh, yeah, it just gave me my life. Wow. Do you feel like you're like the way that you took care of yourself and ate and I don't know, different things like that shifted too? Yeah, definitely. That's the thing about, that's the thing about Campbell. Is once you go through a Campbell experience, you know, because you've been through it, like it's, it's almost a reset. It's like you got a clean slate. Mm-hmm. You wake up and your body feels good. You feel light. You feel grounded. You feel like you've just gotten rid of all this stuff that you've been holding on to, whether it's physically, psychologically, or both. And uh, it's like brain goes, all right, Stephanie. We're starting from ground zero here. Let's uh, let's have a good run this time. Let's let's keep it healthy. You know, it's just it's just this inner feeling of mm-hmm. to keep watching that. Most people have felt bad for so long they they don't even realize it. They don't remember what it's like to feel good. Mm. That next morning with that Campbell glow, you're like, okay. I remember. Yeah, you're like, uh-huh. I can get used to this. It was yeah. I did my three days in a row and as nervous as I was, I felt like so like a new person each time. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Almost, almost as soon as it's over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 20 minutes of discomfort, you know, and then it's over and then really start reaping the benefits. Yeah. So after you started working with it after you discovered it did you know right away that you wanted to like continue working with it and like helping other people with it or was that like something that happened a little later no it was yeah so i so basically i went down there and i learned how to self-administer and um and i came back and i just worked with campbell just with on myself Wow, you're brave. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't recommend that, you know. But at desperate times, called for desperate measures, and uh, you know, I, I started working with it with myself for about a year. How often? And I would um, at least once to two times a month. Wow. Yeah, once to two times a month. You know, I had my whole system set up. I'd set myself up. Or if I fainted or passed out, I would faint or pass out in a compromising way. You know, like I like I was committed to it. And, um, yeah, and I was religious about it. And the thing about it is after it gave me my life back, it almost, it, it felt like an obligation. Mm, so, 
because it, it was like, yeah, like it gave you your life back, changed your life. And like that, that, that is your purpose. Exactly. Gave you purpose too. You know, I've, I've always had a job. I've always had a career. I've always, you know, made decent money working in oil, but I'd never felt like I had a purpose. Mm. I had a passion. You know, even when I, I hated working in oil. I hated it. Wow. It paid, you know, but, uh, yeah. So I decided I wanted to start facilitating this process for other people. So I found the IAKP, the International Association of Campbell Practitioners, mm. wonderful organization. Um, they had a two-week intensive training program that I attended in Sri Lanka. And then, uh, yeah, I quit the oil field. Wow. It was like right away, basically? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I quit the oil field and... I just committed myself, simplified my life, sold what I couldn't fit in my van. Wow. I did that. I went on the journey. And that's so inspiring. So that's like, so that's really awesome. So people who typically come to you, do you find that people, like most people come for a few certain reasons? That's, that's the thing about, Kevin, this is one of the things that I love most about it. I don't, so when I conducted a Campbell session, it's not really ceremonial, like like some of these alternative, uh, you know, uh, ceremonies are. Some people have uh, really ceremonial Campbell sessions, and that's great, you know, and some of them are really beautiful. I've seen really beautiful stuff, things like that. But uh, I try to make it what I say non-denominational. Mm. There, I see so many people that come from so many backgrounds, religious, uh, and it's just something that's for everybody because everybody's dealing with something. They're either mm-hmm. dealing with a physical element, you know. I seriously think ninety percent of the, the population probably has some type of post-traumatic stress, you know. Um, depression. I mean, the most prescribed medication in the U.S. is it's either an antidepressant or an antipsychotic. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And it, and it affects everybody, you know? So, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, my clientele is ranged from professional athletes that play in the NFL to doctors, chiropractors, lawyers. For some reason, lawyers like their camera. <laughs> lawyer clients. Um... Dentist. I mean, you name the profession and the type of person that's in that profession, and and I've seen them. Wow. All the way up to your seventy-year-old grandmother battling depression, to uh, you know, some nineteen-year-old kid getting ready to go to college, looking for some type of clarity. Wow, that's really powerful. Um, do you, and I heard that like. I heard that it it really helps addicts as well, like pretty much immediately. And also like it has been said to cure like things that are uncurable even. Yeah. You know, we have to be careful with semantics. Yeah. You know? um, especially in the U.S. I don't, even though Campbell is a medicine of the Amazon, I don't. And most practitioners won't refer to it as medicine in the mm. U.S. All legal ramifications with that. But um, it is an experience, you know. And I refer to it more of like an ancient Amazonian therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, you know, I won't claim that it cures anything. You know, I'm not a medical practitioner. I can't treat or diagnose anything. However, what I will say, there are people that have come to Campbell as a last resort, and it has been the thing that has solved their problem. Wow. That's speaking on both physical ailments and psychological ailments. You know, a lot of times people that find me are kind of at a last resort type deal. They're they're, they're searching for something that they haven't tried yet. Mm. More people knew about it, probably a first resort. 
Yeah. Well, also you got to be kind of brave in a sense because not many people like to deal with the the discomfort that comes with it. Do you want to share like the whole process a little bit, like of how? Yeah. I do want to say one thing on the addiction first. Okay. Yeah. What, what I have noticed, addiction's tricky. Addiction's super tricky. There's mental and chemical hooks involved there. Um. And I used to, uh, I've done a little work with clientele with the, uh, the, the Ibogaine Aftercare Clinic here in Austin, you know. Oh, wow. No, no, they had that here. Yeah, it's an incredible, it's an incredible facility. So basically, you know, um, it's, it's centered around drug addiction, you know, people, heroin or opiate addiction specifically. People go out of the country to do Ibogaine. Now, basically, there's an aftercare clinic here. I think there's one in Las Vegas. Also, but they'll come to one of these clinics and it basically is kind of, even, even though Ibogaine will take away the chemical hooks or the, the physical addiction, the cravings, you know, they still need to learn how to transition back into society, you know, back into the homes that they're going to go back to where these mm-hmm. things are the problem. Um, it's, they do incredible work there. But they would call me in, you know, about 15 days prior to an Ibogaine treatment and Campbell personally I've not seen it wipe out addiction but what I have seen is people that are recovering from an addiction you know it it gives strength and um you know strength back into their bodies clarity back into their minds and it helps them you know just approach things a little easier you know there's one that I worked with that was in there. And she said, you know, I came back after the, the treatment center, you know, and I tried all these different things, ketamine, yoga, you know, uh, smart therapy, all that. She goes, but it was Campbell that really, like, d- Campbell was the thing that they got me through. Wow. Um. So, yeah. So I don't, you know, I know of other practitioners that have had success or claimed success with addictions. Um, but I think it really comes down to an individual person. Yeah. Like a case by case basis. But it's certainly, it's certainly worth a try. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the process of Campbell, you know, it's, we call it an ordeal experience. And I encourage people not to, because as soon as like people will hear this podcast and <laughs> heard of people are interested in it, they're going to go straight to YouTube, you know, and they're going to find I me. know. That's what I did even. <laughs> so I try, I'm going to put my own video on my website. So yeah, don't even do, don't even yeah. go to YouTube, guys. Don't. <laughs> I, I try to encourage people not to watch too many YouTube videos. Yeah. The reason I do that is because I believe most of them are open. Saturated. They, I think so too. Because after I experienced it and I watched the videos, I was like, okay, it really was not in my experience, and not as bad as videos yeah. I've seen. The only positive thing about watching those videos is you come in with a certain expectation, <laughs> and you realize it's not as bad as you were expecting it to be. Yeah. Now it is an ordeal, you know, for about twenty minutes, and then it's over. So basically what happens with the Campbell session is the way Campbell is applied is through little blister points in the skin. Um, If it's a first-time session, you know, we always do what's called a test point, which is just a single dot of Campbell to see what your tolerance is going to be to it. Some people have a weak tolerance. Some people have a high tolerance. We're not worried about any type of anaphylactic shock or allergic reaction because there's nothing in it that's actually poisonous or toxic to the human body. Everything that you feel or experience is going to be the result of the bioactive peptide. But the reason Campbell, like I've had people, you know, ask, well, can I snort it? You know, can I, can I inject it? Can I put it under my tongue? Like, why do I have to burn myself? The reason we burn ourselves is because it's really the only way, safe way to take Campbell. And it's not a deep burn, it's a blister, like you've all picked a blister and we have that shiny part underneath, just taking off the top thin layer of skin. And that's our entry into the lymphatic system. 
uh, thing about it, the reason we burn the skin is because it's the only safe entry method of the secretion into the system. If mm. you ingest it or something like that, there's a lot of microbes and things that are also in the secretion that, uh, you know, that, that live in the jungle. You can develop something called frog fever if you're to ingest it orally, which mm. can be really bad for the human body. What happens when you make a burn point is all the body's immune responses rushes to that site and it keeps any negative bacteria from entering into the body and only allows the entry of the camp of the uh, the peptides keeping mm. everything else out. So that's why we do that. So we'll make typically three to five little blister points depending on the strength of the cambo, depending on the person. Um, and then we'll have them drink about a liter of water. Okay. Um, after they drink that liter of water, we'll apply the cambo. Like I said, we'll start with the test point, watch it for four or five minutes, and then uh, put the rest on. Okay, now then, what to expect when the cambo goes on? You're going to feel the effects within about 30 seconds to a minute. Comes on pretty quick. Yeah. The first part, first couple of minutes, most people like. It's really nice. It comes on quick, but it comes on kind of gentle. You know, you feel a warm sensation come over your whole body. It feels like stepping from a, a cool room into a hot sauna. Your mm. heart rate will start to speed up, start to increase. Most of us have a resting heart rate about 55 to 65 beats per minute. That's going to climb up anywhere between 90 and 120, usually 130-ish on the max, which wow. seems like a lot, right? But if I was to hop up right now, run out to my car and get something and come back, my heart rate would probably be at 100 in that sudden movement. It can just feel a little anxiety-inducing because you're not moving. You know, your mm. heart rate, it's almost like a fear response when your heart rate starts to speed up. Mm. And this is where breath work is really important, you know, really focusing on the breath. Yeah. Um, from there, you'll start to feel a pressure inside the head, which is a result of the vasodilation effect. In Campbell, you'll probably feel your heartbeat behind your ears. Um, the lips may go numb and tingly. The tongue may go numb and tingly. Sometimes there will be, you'll feel a little uh, tightness around the throat area, but not restrictive. It just may be hard to swallow. Sometimes people, when they feel that, they'll, they'll have a little freak out because they think the throat's closing up. And they'll start going, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't breathe. You're breathing. You're talking. You're breathing. You're just scared. You just have to relax. I've never had anybody complain of restricted breathing. Mm. Um, sometimes the muscles in the forearms will contract, which will kind of pull the fingers a little forward. And that usually relaxes after, you know, a few minutes. And all those symptoms that I just mentioned will intensify for about the first three to five, maybe seven minutes. And it's not that it hurts. It's not painful. It's just you're experiencing a lot of foreign sensations that your body's never experienced before. Mm -hmm. Your mind doesn't really have a language to interpret what the body's feeling. Mm -hmm. Labels it as discomfort. They say, I don't know what's going on here. My heart's speeding up. Some guy just burned me and put <laughs> on the skin. Now I'm feeling all this weird stuff. Poison equals death. Oh my God, I think I'm dying. Mm. You know? And you're not. You're just having an experience. So those symptoms will intensify for, you know, five-ish or so minutes, and then they'll drop. Your blood pressure is going to be up. It's going to fall. Everything's going to kind of fall below baseline. You're up really high. Now you're going to drop really low. It's about the time the flu-like symptoms come on. And you're going to have about a 10 to 15-minute flu. The thing about it, nobody, you know, Campbell scares people because they don't want to be sick. They don't want to induce their own sickness. Mm -hmm. We've all been in bed at the peak of the flu. 
we were achy and we're nauseous and you know we're weak and we just don't feel well. We're not scared. You know, we have the flu. The good thing about the Campbell flu is it only lasts 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, it is super fast. Yeah, it's super fast and then it's over. You know, and there is a purging aspect to it. There's a lot of misconception about what the purge actually is. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, all these toxins are being squeezed out of your cell, somehow magically transported to the stomach and then purged out of the body. That's not what it is? That, well, the body, body doesn't really work like that, right? Now, there is a bit of a detox effect going on with the liver. The liver is pretty good at detoxing itself every day anyway. Sometimes stuff does get stored there. Medication and things like that, which people a lot of times will taste. Mm. But what's happening, there's a few things happening. One is a peptide that's stimulating the intestinal system, the smooth muscle tract, you know, creating gastric juices. There's another thing that's happening. It's an area of our brain called the postrema. Okay? Now, most of our brain is protected by the blood brain barrier, except for this one little. Right. This has actually access to the bloodstream. It's like a neurochemical receptor bloodstream. So anytime the chemical makeup of our blood changes radically, say we drink too much alcohol, maybe a little one ingested something under the sink that he shouldn't have, you know, most of the time if we take something in poisonous, it's ingested. This part of the brain sends a signal to the stomach, says, hey stomach, I think we've ingested something we shouldn't have. We're here, why don't we go ahead and just purge that up? Okay, so it sends a nausea signal to the stomach. The reason we drink the water is so we actually have something to purge, right? Otherwise, you would just be dry keeping for you know 15 minutes or so. Oh, that sounds way worse. Yeah, it's not pleasant, <laughs> it's not pleasant, you know. So, even though you know, no, nobody likes they may be weirdos out there that like to vomit but most of them don't actually like to vomit that's what most if I was just to tell people you're going to get sick but you won't vomit most people would be okay with it. you know but it's, it's the fact of knowing that you're going to vomit but a Campbell purge it's not like a flu purge it's not like a food sickness purge you know it's just something that's sitting on your stomach that your body is telling you that you can get it out and then you get it out and as soon as you get it out, you almost instantly feel relief, right? The brain, our, our bodies are incredible. I've learned mm-hmm. something about the human body since getting into this work. The brain basically goes, hey, we pretty much emptied everything out of our stomach. I think we can relax now. Wow. You start feeling better. You're still going to be weak and tired, usually a little euphoric, you know? Um after that 20 minutes, we take the dots off at 20 minutes. But uh, but yeah, people are blown away how fast their energy and uh, you know, just the feeling of feeling good again comes back to them. They just had the flu. Um, usually after after you've you've taken the Campbell off, most people take about 30 to 45 minutes to recover. They just may want to sleep. Lay there and listen to music, just relax. And uh, yeah, and then after that, you're pretty much ready to go about your day. Yeah, and you can go about your day just like normal. Just like normal, yeah. And you're feeling pretty good about it. Wow. As you were explaining all of that, it took me right back to when I did it. It was like I was literally reliving the whole thing. (laughs) I even like felt it. Like, yeah. When you were like in the pounding on your behind your ears, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, when uh, yeah, as soon as I people that are previous clients with me, as soon as I, I usually have a playlist that I play. Um, as soon as I turn it on, it's like it just triggers that. Okay, we're we're doing this. We're about to do this. I remember this song. Oh my god! Yeah. And, um, and the reason, you know, every time I have a new client, I'll explain to them just what I explained to you exactly what they can expect to feel. And I don't do that to scare people, you know, because I know it sounds a little scary. 
But the thing about it is, I believe when you're in the Campbell session, you're glad knowing that you've heard that because when you start, I was, yeah, when you start <laughs> experiencing that, you think, okay, he told me this was going to happen. This is normal. Nothing to worry about. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely felt way better when you first explained that, even though I was still really nervous. Um, but I feel like my the main thing that I took away was like another level of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. And like learning to like trust myself more. Like, oh, okay, I got this. And like you said, the breathing, like this is literally detoxing my body, my mind, my energy. I'm giving myself the gift of this reset. Like that's what I kept kind of like telling myself and asking the Cambo to like, just, you know, or thanking it for helping me. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, because in my personal opinion, I think the discomfort of sitting through Cambo session or sitting with Sananga or Hafe or any of it, these things are uncomfortable. And I think sitting with that discomfort is just as important as the physical and mental benefits that you get afterwards. Because mm. a lot of times, or at least in our society, you know, American society, is things are pretty comfortable for us. We don't mm-hmm. really know how to be uncomfortable. You know, and the problem is, it's like, you know, if we live in, as far as our basic needs are concerned, we live in a comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. Most of us have, you know, heating and air conditioning. If we get too cool, we turn up the heat. If we get too hot, we turn up the air. If we get hungry, I can literally push a few buttons on my phone and have food or a type of food from anywhere in the world delivered to my door in under an hour. Mm. You know? And it's, it's pretty, life is pretty easy on that front. However, when we do get hit with something challenging, be it a breakup or a divorce or a death in the family or problems at work or whatever, we don't know how to deal with that mm-hmm. discomfort. You know, there's no, there's no recipe for this. And a lot of times it can overwhelm us. So what do we do? We go to the doctor and say, hey, doc, I'm pretty shitty, you know. Give me something to distract myself so I can go on about my life. The next thing you know, you know, I'm not saying, you know, some of these pharmaceuticals aren't needed because for some people they are. You know, some people do get their life back with them. But when it's the most prescribed medication in the country, it's a real problem. We 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 didn't evolve to be on antidepressants or antipsychotics. Mm-hmm. You know, it changes our whole hormone chemistry. And, you know, a lot of people that I see that are on these things, they're like, I just want to be off of them. Mm. They, they helped for a while, but I'm not myself. And I'm on these things. Um, and they just want to be off. So, you know, when Cambo doesn't give you an out, once the dots go on, you're committed. You have no choice but to sit through that discomfort, and you you can be dramatic, you know, or and you can you can holler and you can moan or you can sit there in silence, but mm-hmm. you have to go through it. There's like ayahuasca. Once you drink, there's there's no out. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you got to endure it. But you do that once and it's tough, and then you do it again. It's not as tough, and then you do it again. You know, that's the thing with multiple sessions is once you start getting to your third or fourth session, you start building that relationship with it. Mm-hmm. You feel everything that you felt from the first session. The difference is, even though it still may be uncomfortable, ah, it's just something that's there. It's part mm-hmm. of the process. Your brain recognizes that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. You want to get fit. You realize the gym is part of the process. Or, or running or what, whatever it may be, whatever the exercise may be. Yeah. And uh, you get, even though the first workout's going to be tough and the second one's going to be tough and you're going to be sore and it's going to hurt, you know, after a while, it's, you realize that this is what's needed to elevate me to where I need to be. Yeah. And you start to like 
change your perception of what's really challenging anyway. Yeah, it transpires into your normal life and the other things that may seem that you just really don't see them as significant anymore. Yeah, that was a big game changer for me. So many other things just, but it was really like that trust. It was like a whole new level of trusting myself and just feeling more energized and like uh, clean in some way. Like my body was cleaned out. My energy felt like more pure. Yeah. How long does it like stay like stay in your system? Did you say? It's. I mean, the Campbell itself. You know, the the actual substance only stays in your system. You know, twenty four to forty eight hours. Okay. But but the benefits linger on. You know, it's not. It's not like something that that you only experience while it's in your system. Yeah. Peptides come into the body and they do their work, you know, and things change in the brain, things change in the body, and uh, and the effects linger on. You'll usually feel kind of the the most significant the week following, you know, just the the feeling of this kind of euphoria and just feeling really good and, you know, really happy and grounded. Um, light, a lot of people use that word a lot. They feel really light. Um. But what I tell people is these initial effects, they'll eventually subside. You know, things like ayahuasca, Campbell, Ibogaine, you know, all, all these things, they're not, they're not a panacea. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not a magic pill or a cure-all. But what they do is you right? Usually when you, when you do these things, you have a grace period of X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And this X amount of time, you're going to feel really good. And this is the time that you need to utilize mm-hmm. control measures in your life so that when these effects wear off and real life kind of sets in, you're prepared for it. Whether it's changing your eating habits, exercising, starting a yoga practice, you know, fill in the blank. But uh, this is basically your opportunity with a clean slate to, uh, you know, put the positive controls in your life positive and happy. Yeah. I love, love the way that you explained that. It's like the experience is the experience, but it's the integration always. That's the most important part. Like how are you going to bring this into your normal life? Exactly. And that's why these things really need to be looked at as uh, teachers rather than teachers rather than what? Than answers. Oh yeah. Yes. So true. Yeah, it may not be the answer to your problem, but but it will teach you if you if you let it and will guide you the way that you, that you need to go. So fascinating, so powerful. So you do groups now in Texas and in Colorado, right? Or do you do groups anywhere else just for anyone interested in like reaching out to you or whatever? Yeah. So I I'm actually I'm in Austin now. I'm actually moving to Colorado. Um some really exciting things. I was in Colorado, and we're starting a retreat, a retreat center. Sweet. Campbell retreat. Sometimes Campbell plus other things retreats. Um, and uh, in October, I'm actually launching under my brand uh, a Campbell practitioner training course. Oh wow, that's exciting. Two week course up in up in the mountains of Colorado. So it's, it's going to be amazing. And then, uh, but for my people here, because I still have a lot of clientele here. In Austin. Um, we'll be in Austin, in tech, between Austin and Dallas, about one to two weeks out of every month. Nice. You know, and you can <clears throat> you basically have everything listed on my web- website, tribaldetox.org. You can find me on Facebook, Tribal Detox. You know. Awesome. Thanks. I'll put the your links in the show notes as well. So tribaldetox.org and then I'll put your Facebook link. Um, so if anyone, you know, if any of you guys listening want to learn more about Cambo, want to do a Cambo session or anything like that, definitely hit Jason up. He is amazing and so knowledgeable as you can tell. And Jason, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing, taking the time to share all of this and share your story as well. Um, it's been 
really awesome. And I feel like a lot of information came through, which was super helpful to me and everyone listening, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving me the platform to talk about it because there there is a lot of fear around it and there doesn't need to be. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. Hopefully people that can find benefit in this will find the courage. Yeah. It's it's not that bad. Not it's that really bad. not. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. I'll see you soon. All right, Stephanie. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.